Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B playbook. We're on to season two. Kev, how was your summer? Summer was good, George. Great to be back. Well, I say great, as good as it can be during an Omicron wave of the pandemic. Nice of you to throw a negative in there as quickly as possible, (laughs) as as you you tend to do. I don't know why I bother trying to start us so upbeat every episode. (laughs) You know what? I probably start us high, then you drag us down, and then we end up at a medium level that people can actually bother listening to us. So yeah, thank you for your negativity. Just need better prompts, George. I, I take my lead from you. Someone <laughs> that was overshadowed by not only not only the dreadful weather, but a pandemic. Here we are. Yeah, the summer of George has has not been so much a summer, but it has been the summer of love, Kevin. <laughs> summer of George. It's the summer of love, though. Oh, I'm back. The summer of George. Well, I'm officially off the market. It's happened. I've, George, I've got myself a girlfriend. That is big news. Huge news. That is big news. I'm very happy. I'm very happy to hear. For any of our listeners that have been following along the journey, it's happened. She's, she's bloody terrific. And uh, <laughs> there we go. It's on record. Well, I hope our listeners had just as exciting and positive a summer as Kevin and I did. Um, actually, Kevin, I will just quickly add... There was so little sunshine. One day I spent three days, sorry, not three days, that would be insane. I spent three hours just sitting on a beach in the rain, just out of pure stubbornness. <laughs> just had to get some beach time in. I had to, had to get some vitamin D, had to get some beach time. But anyway, Kev, let's segue over into why 
I'm so excited about season two. It's here. We're doing it. Yes, George. Very exciting. We are back for the first episode of season two, episode 20. We're going to go through a quick recap this episode around the framework that we've been talking about in season one, the five B's, and then quickly diving into what we'll be covering this season, which is mainly focused around be helpful. But that's all to come in the season. And for this particular episode, we're also going to look at the three core principles you need to upgrade your B2B strategy for this year, 2022. So George, a quick recap of our framework, the evergreen step-by-step framework for doing B2B marketing, the five B's, be ready, be helpful, be seen, be better, and be the best. Yeah, Kev, I think the first three B's there are really the core strategic ones that we really want to repeat and get into the heads of our audience. For me, I think they really match our understanding of what marketing is. For us, marketing is about one, really deeply, genuinely understanding your customers, which is what we call be ready. So making sure that you have that understanding so you can be ready to then launch your marketing off the back of your understanding. The next B, be helpful, is to then go and create content that's going to genuinely help those dream customers of yours and then use that content as a pillar in the ground that you can then use to form a two-way conversation and then you can take the insights from that back into your marketing and back into your product or service or whatever it might be. And the final B, be seen, which is how to really amplify that message, that work that you're doing and be helpful so you can scale that and your business and really build that brand. Last season, we spoke for 19 episodes about that first B, be ready. And a quick reminder to our listeners, as we're entering the new year, what that entails at its core, as George said, it's about identifying your dream customers, doing the work to deeply understand them. It's one of those most fundamental things that most companies still get wrong. They do. They do. Everyone's thinking about what campaigns are going to run this year, what platforms they're going to adopt, what technology they're going to build into their business. But people still aren't making time to talk to their customers. And Kev, it's probably not even enough to talk to your sales team about your customers. When sales are talking to your customers, they're looking at it from the angle of how can I sell to this person? When you speak to them as a marketing person, you're thinking about how can I help them? And the insights that you're going to get are probably going to be quite different there. Yeah, that's right. It's about flipping that process, isn't it? Putting that talking to your customer piece at the beginning of the process each year rather than at the end of a campaign cycle to take into the next campaign. Even though that's a really important part, it actually should be seen as the beginning. So for any new listeners then, yes, we're going to be talking about the next part, be helpful this season, but I really encourage people to go back and listen to season one around being ready. Kevin and I show you how to do it step-by-step. We release templates and things along the way. We give you questions to ask. We show you how to do customer research. We show you how to find a deep well of your customers online and much, much more. So go and give it a listen if you haven't already. But Kev, more importantly now, this season we're covering the second B, which is be helpful. What's be helpful, Kev? All right, here we go. Be helpful. This is all about building trust with your dream customers to represent yourself as an expert in your industry. So all the dream customers you've identified in that be ready stage that we talked about last season, now we're going to use that to build the relationships that you need to create a two-way dialogue or community that's forever going to improve your understanding of your dream customers as they evolve over time as well. 
But if you try and do this and build that community before doing the stuff in be ready stage, you'll probably get it wrong and a lot of time and money will be wasted in testing and trying to get there. So that's why it's important to do that be ready stage first. But once you start turning your attention to being helpful to your dream customers, that's what we'll be covering this season. The fundamental principles that will help you do that efficiently and effectively. And those principles are what we call be ready, be helpful, be seen. And these are the three core principles that you guys need to upgrade your B2B strategy in 2022. And that's what we're going to be discussing in this episode. And Kev, I thought it's probably worth starting with a bit of background as to why we feel like our listeners need to use those three core principles. Kev, over the break, you and I have had a little time to go through and reflect on what we thought were some of the more common issues with B2B marketing over 2021, both from companies that we've spoken with and from just what we've seen generally. One of them is companies and marketers not understanding their dream customers deeply enough or making incorrect assumptions about them. So if you go to market without actually taking the time to meet with your dream customers to properly understand them and their pain points and what motivates them, it's it's kind of like if you a patient going to a doctor and the doctor diagnoses you without examining you or even talking to you about anything at all. Yeah, it's not ideal. They'll probably lead you down the wrong track and really doesn't do favors for anyone. Yeah, I mean, off the back of it, like the doctor could be prescribing you the wrong medicine because they think you have a condition that you don't have. For marketers, that could be creating an ebook that their customers like don't care about. It could be creating blog content that they just don't really care about and doesn't resonate with them. It could be trying to solve a pain point. Actually, pain works well, Kevin, doesn't it? With our analogy with the doctor, trying to solve a pain point that that customer doesn't actually have. So not understanding dream customers deep enough is something that we see time and time again. The second point is companies that are using social platforms like LinkedIn to be really self-serving rather than to help their dream customers. So this is when companies are using LinkedIn platforms to just like push out their own blog content, to push out their eBooks, to talk about who they've hired that's new. It's all very self-serving. It's doing nothing for their customers at all. And then they're just telling their salespeople, their marketing team to share all that content on LinkedIn. That is entirely self-serving. What companies need to be doing instead is they need to be using those platforms as a way of genuinely helping their customers with helpful content. If you're rolling out the same boring content as everyone else and you're having zero impact, you really need to look at what you're doing this year. Using LinkedIn to just shout at the world and not try and create a conversation is so anti-social. I mean, it's a social platform. LinkedIn is a social platform. That's why it's, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's like if you were to turn up to a house party and as soon as you walked in, inviting a few people back to your place, like back to your website straight away and everyone be like, who's this big creepo who's turned up to this big social party and is trying to direct, you know, a few people <laughs> back to his place. Uh, it, it's just Speaking not- Speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah. I guess you can try that <laughs> next time, see how it goes and report back. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? Maybe it does work. But the point is it won't work on enough people and it's not ideal. <laughs> No, it's not ideal. And again, it, it is it is self-serving. People are on social platforms because they want to hang out there. So stop trying to drive them back to your website every time you interact with them. Yeah, you've got to build that relationship first. Yeah, exactly. Build that relationship first, then invite them back. 
while we're getting a real insight into George's uh, way of interacting with people and his attempts to build relationships. (laughs) The third point is marketers that are still being forced to chase volumes of leads and focusing on quantity rather than quality, handing them to sales teams and marketing, having a bad relationship with sales because sales are getting a whole bunch of shitty leads that they're not stoked about. Yeah, this is one that we've seen come up a few times and really we're, we're quite passionate about solving as a pain point for a lot of the people that come to us for help or that we chat to. Not only is it an indicator that there's a misalignment between the marketing team and the sales team and what they're working towards, but it's actually an indicator that the whole user journey might not be well understood for the business as a whole and it really needs to be built much more effectively and efficiently so that the whole company is growing in a much healthier and sustainable way. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, It's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. We can dig into each of those points a lot further, but I think what we need to now turn into is how each of these common issues can really be addressed by the first three Bs of the B2B playbook. Be ready, be helpful, be seen. Be ready is all about giving you the tools to deeply understand who your dream customers are, what their pain points are, and how to speak to them in a way that they'll listen to you. We spent nearly 19 episodes talking about it because it's so important. We're not going to rehash it again here. Our listeners can always just go back and check out season one. And we also have a whole lot of tools, articles, and materials available on the b2bplaybook.com as well, based off season one. But the key takeaway is before you do anything in 2022, you need to be ready. You need to deeply understand your customers. What we teach you to do in season one as part of being ready is how to use the 80-20 principle to identify who your best customers even are how to identify who the decision makers and who the influencers are when it comes to buying your product or service, how to talk to your dream customers directly so you can understand what their pain points are. Kev, just an example with what we do, I try and meet with at least one of our listeners of the B2B Playbook a week for a coffee just to make sure that the content that we're creating here is hitting home with them and addressing their direct needs. Yeah, and it's a very good exercise to do there because not only do you get that insight for us and for what we talk about here, but it's just so rewarding to have that conversation, to build those relationships with potential customers, but just people that we can potentially help along the way. Yeah, that's right. It's awesome. Like I've just met so many lovely, lovely, kind people. Uh, People say strangers have a bad reputation, 
that has not my, been my experience so far. Everyone's been so wonderful to deal with. Maybe it's the type of people who listen to the B2B Playbook, Kev, the ones that could be bothered listening to us enough or already um, <laughs> <laughs> already have a propensity to just be a little more patient and a little more kind. But it's been wonderful engaging with the wider community listening to this podcast, and it's given us so many ideas to fuel the podcast itself again yeah it makes us feel like we are making progress in our ultimate goal of helping the community building that community of b2b marketers so that it's not as lonely in that journey um, as we all try and grow those b2b businesses that we're in and speaking of trying to find people kevin we also teach people in the be ready section of season one how they can use the dream 100 method to find out where their dream customers are hanging out online. And what that technique does is it gives you a really deep well of potential customers. So all of that is in season one, do that work first, otherwise your marketing efforts are gonna be nowhere near as effective. But if you've done that, then you can get on to be helpful. Stage two of the five Bs. And Kevin, you've already given us a bit of a rehash as to what being helpful means. You told us it's about presenting yourself as an expert in your industry and helping your dream customers solve your pain points. And I think a lot of people sort of get that, but the part that they miss is that that content then serves as the basis for creating a two-way conversation between you and your customers, a feedback loop for you to constantly improve your product and your marketing and what you're doing. Yeah, that's really important to understand, George. Being helpful doesn't stop at you pushing out the content that you think is going to be helpful or you know is going to be helpful to your dream customers and stopping there because their pain points are going to change over time. They're an evolving community and the things that they find difficult will change over time. So to be able to then get that feedback on how you're presenting your information, what you're presenting about, that feedback loop and that two-way conversation, as George said, is very important to constantly improve your marketing as well as the content that you're producing. That's right. And this season, we're going to show people how to do it. We're going to give you the strategy and the tactics that you need to earn the trust of your dream customers so that they come to you ready to buy off the back of being helpful and creating that conversation. And that's really more important than ever before as people make decisions by talking to other people, even if it's an online environment in which they talk. It's not like five years ago when you can just go to Google or G2 or any other review platform and users would just trust whatever was written on there. Social means that we can ask our network of peers what to buy and what to consider when we're buying different products and services. So we need to be active in engaging people in those communities as well. Marketers really can't track that area as well. So it's important not just to write it off because you can't track it. It is still very important, if not more important. People still buy from other people, generally, don't they? That's, that's how it works. We use our peers more than ever. That's what social networks like Facebook and LinkedIn and Slack and Twitter, whatever. That's what they've enabled us to do is they've enabled us to connect with other like-minded peers in our industry, follow the best and... When we have a question about what product should we use, we go to our trusted group of peers. We don't go to Google as much anymore. Google probably comes like a little later on down the search journey or even maybe even like an initial search to get an idea of what products are out there. But when you're actually going to uh, think about who can I trust, what product is best, we're going to our peers. And Kev, I think 
one of the major reasons for that is anytime someone in another business gives your product or service a go, they're actually taking a risk professionally. It's much easier to just leave the status quo the same, isn't it? <laughs> and just kind of trundle along because you're probably just going to follow the same linear career progression of someone before you get promoted at the same time. There's really very little incentive to make change in organizations. Each new decision that strays away from the status quo, a lot of the time, if it's not being forced, it, it is a risk, as you said, George. It is hard for people to make those decisions. And the bigger the business, the bigger those decisions, the harder it is to make a different decision to what people expect or keep things the same. So it's important to then have a lot of validation and pretty much get to the point where the decision maker says, okay, well, I've done the best I can and I'm comfortable making this decision now and I can prove it to somebody else on paper that this was the best decision to make with the information available at the time. And so to get to that stage, you need to be influencing that decision maker from a lot of different sources. It can't just be your own ads or your website or your content. You need to be talked about by those around that decision maker. You need to have come up in a few different uh, scenarios or uh, dark social, as they call it, dark social spaces. So that when that decision maker comes to pulling information together to make that business case on paper to convince the rest of the team or his boss or his boss's boss to make that decision, he's got a lot of resources to pull on, a lot of information to pull on and to make that decision, I, just, I guess, very solid on paper. Absolutely, Kevin. It sounds like what you're saying is it all comes down to ultimately building trust. How do we build trust? We build trust by consistently showing up for people and helping them. How do you trust people in your life every day? They're the people who are there for you when you know you might be in trouble and they trust you because you help them out. The approach to marketing should be no different. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it in that way, maybe most of the market that you talk to, maybe 5% or much less than that are ready to buy or even considering on a decision maker in that journey. Actually, what you need to do is you need to reach the 95% of the market that you still need to talk to, that you still need to influence because they will then influence the decision that will ultimately be of financial reward for your business, for your products and services. So in order to generate that sort of demand from the whole market, not just the 5% that are ready to buy, it's maybe too expensive these days to just focus on capturing the demand that's already in the market through performance campaigns on search or performance campaigns in social or just throwing money at marketing and advertising and hoping that will get enough leads through the door to then ultimately convert to sales. You need to be talking to the rest of the influencers of those decision makers, which means you need to change up that approach and think about how do I reach the rest of that market in a financially sustainable way, a financially viable way, but also how do I talk to that wider audience who have varying pain points that all then lead back to the final decision maker that you actually want to talk to? To your point of that bottom 5%, Kevin, first of all, yeah, it's an absolute bloodbath out there. It's like jumping into a swimming pool and full of sharks, right? It, it's, it's an awful situation to be in. It's very, very expensive. And on top of that, if you're just dealing with someone for the first time, at the point where they're, I guess, ready to buy, then how can you be expected to build a quality relationship with them in that time? 
It's it's very, very difficult at the same time that you're competing heavily for that person's attention with all the other sharks in the swimming pool. You can focus on generating demand for that other 95% of that market. So when they're ready to buy, they think of only your company and not the other sharks in the swimming pool. You're not wrong. That is where the highest intent is. What we're taught is right. That is where the highest intent closest to sale is. But the 95% of the market that aren't ready, they're still valuable. They'll just be valuable in three months, six months, 12 months time. And as part of that 95% of the market, you know, there's then another 100, 200, 300% of people that you need to talk to who then influence that 95%, uh, which is the point I was trying to make earlier is that you then have these two other groups you need to talk to and you need to build that relationship over time. And as you said, George, you're not going to sell your company versus the competition in one interaction and in one ad and one display ad, search ad, video ad, whatever it might be. No one buys from a total stranger like we covered a few times last season. You need to build that relationship. And that's how you do that is being helpful. This principle that we're going to talk about this season, how do you actually get that content right? How do you then distribute it uh, to the right audience to then influence the 300% behind the 95% who are almost ready to buy to then turn that 95% to your actual customers, the 5% that actually buy from you. Yes, Kev, it's all about being helpful, isn't it? And so this season, we're going to show you how to be helpful. If you stick around episode by episode, we're going to take you on a journey so you can learn to first craft content that people actually want to consume and engage with. And part of that, Kev, is showing people how to come up with your own interesting, unique point of view of the world. So when you're talking to an audience, you're not just shouting into like a a vacuum. We're going to teach people how to get a little bit of cut through and how to craft content that also positions you as a leader in your industry or category, whatever it might be. After that, we're going to show people how to choose the right platform for your content. So often we see when people jump into this, they have a bit of a gun-ho approach and test a whole lot of different channels and try and be in all of them at the beginning. We always advocate just one or two at the beginning and we'll show you how to choose which is the right one for you. We're going to teach people how to become content production machines. It's what we're doing for our show this year as well. It's really using one longer show format as a pillar, and then we're going to chop it up into small bits. That's going to enable us to keep a really high frequency of con- of content so we're always remaining in contact with our dream customers. Yeah, frequency and consistency of content. Then we're also going to teach our listeners how to use qualitative data from the community to improve your content. So at a time where everyone is talking about quantitative data we're going to be talking about how to use qualitative data if you hire an agency if you get any sort of help particularly in b2b businesses where traditionally it might be very structured looking a lot at the quantitative data behind sales teams behind marketing teams they're always talking about numbers 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 tables graphs what have you Oftentimes, you lose a lot of that qualitative context behind the numbers. What are customers actually thinking? What are the actual pain points behind it? In what scenarios do they come across these pain points? That context actually is very helpful in terms of making business decisions. Quantitative data might tell you one thing, might tell you to go a particular direction, but if you don't consider the qualitative data, the context in which that data exists will be misdirected by the data. So particularly in the B2B space that we deal with, George, the quantitative data is thin to start. So if, yeah. you, take, if you try to take insights from, 
things that are not necessarily statistically significant and change very quickly with trends in the market, it's hard to rely on that information. It's hard to rely on those quantitative data insights. And so that's where the qualitative data insights come in, where you can just have a conversation like you're doing with our ideal listeners, our potential customers, and listening to what their pain points are and use that as a starting point and guiding post to do the testing and to do the directions in terms of deciding what content to put out there, deciding the frequency and whatever else you might be deciding for your B2B marketing. It's just about importing what data is available to you that will actually be of benefit to a B2B strategy. And oftentimes qualitative data is a low hanging fruit, a great opportunity or area to dig into because it's sometimes overlooked. Right on. And that's going to also feed into the next part that we're going to teach our listeners, which is how to scale and keep track of these activities, because these activities are largely content and community driven. I'm sure our listeners will be hearing us when we say that sometimes when you're reporting up the chain on the performance of content and working in communities, that can be really difficult to translate. So we're going to show people ways, some of them qualitative, some of them quantitative, of showing to your higher ups that this strategy is starting to work. And beyond that, Kev, also what you can look for in the community to know whether or not your content strategy is working and how you might need to adjust that as you go based on what the market is telling you. That really rounds it off nicely and brings it full circle, uh, that word community. When we talk about being helpful, a lot of times the first impression that people get when we talk about this concept or this principle or this stage even is that you know it's about putting content out there it's about getting into people's faces and being helpful like aggressively helpful but actually the the crux of it is about building a community building that conversation ultimately a network of relationships within the right community to then leverage to show your expertise, to show that you are helpful because you are being helpful. And that in effect becomes a foundation of building that pipeline of business into your products and services that you might eventually want to push. Yeah, that's it. Take an audience content first approach, get people to trust you, and then you can lead them where they want to go. Well, Kev, we've been through the first two Bs. We've been through be ready, be helpful. And then the third B which is the third core principles to upgrade your marketing strategy for 2022 is be seen. And that is about getting that megaphone and amplifying your content efforts. And amplifying your content efforts is not turning your content into a bunch of direct response LinkedIn ads and then running that to your influencers and decision makers and trying to get them to fill out a lead form. It's thinking differently about your content efforts. It's about amplifying the work that you're doing in the be helpful stage already. You're going to do that by getting your helpful information in front of the people who need it, being the decision makers and influencers. And you want to do that in the places that they already are. We spoke a little earlier this episode about marketers being so focused on bringing audiences back to their own website. But I think a big theme for this year, Kevin, is also partly just appreciating the benefits of participating in a social network and pushing your content and allowing people to consume it in the space that they already are. So rather than pushing your blog that you wrote and getting people to read it back on your own website, can you take 
the salient points out of that blog, turn them into text posts on LinkedIn or turn them into a video and allow people to just consume that on the platform itself. Yeah, I mean, look, if you look at the bottom line of an activity like that, it's going to be difficult to track because you're not letting people back to your website. That's not going to look good in a CRM report. But you know what is going to happen is you're going to get decision makers and influencers actually reading your stuff and actually consuming your point of view about the world and actually building some trust with your brand. And actually filtering themselves out so that the higher quality leads, the, the ones that are potentially going to convert and engage with you, they're more likely to find their own way to your website. And if they want to find out more, they will dig further to get to where you're where the rest of your content is held, where your website is and where the rest of your services and products might be. You know, paid advertising is a great way of guaranteeing that people will see your message, but it's not a way about just collecting email addresses and making sure you have the highest number of email addresses. It's about making sure that the right people are seeing your message. So if you're doing content in that way and then amplifying it through maybe remarketing uh, through paid advertising instead of just acquisition, then you're really talking to the people that have engaged with your website and have actually found the way there naturally because they've taken an interest to the content that you're putting out and they're self-filtering by the engagement that they might actually be the right audience you need to talk to more and to find out more about and to build your products and services towards. I like what you said there, Kevin, about how you said Paid advertising is a way of guaranteeing that people see your message, not a way of collecting email addresses. And what I always think about is in the B2C world, there's no sales team. All the relationship building, all the brand establishment happens through organic and paid content, right? You're not actually speaking to anyone on the phone. There's no sales demo. There's no physical events for people to attend. It all pretty much for the majority of the time happens online. And that's the approach I think that B2B marketers need to take in 2022. We need to think about how can we build trust with our prospective dream customers from a purely online basis and think about what they want to consume, thinking about how you can entertain them and thinking about how you can educate them. So the salesperson's job is as easy as dealing with people who already want to buy your product. Yeah, that's a great point, George. I think just one of the concepts that you know is traversable between B2B and B2C, there's a lot of concepts that even though we treat B2B and B2C different, and they are different in some senses, it's just different applications of similar concepts a lot of the time. So that's definitely something we'll get into probably a bit more in the next season when we really look into how to leverage and amplify your, your content and that being helpful stage. But it's definitely a good point to keep in mind going into the new year. Cool. I'm excited to dig into that next season, which uh, could even be this year, Kevin. Could even be this year. That's right. That's right. I think to round off our conversation today, let's just recap what those three core principles were to take that marketing of yours to the next level in 2022 and it's nothing overly complex but it's something that three things that really need to be addressed and the way that we frame them is three of the five b's which is be ready be helpful and be seen in other words deeply understand your customers help them get to where they want to go and get your message in front of them 
it's the perfect time of year to work through the Be Ready section of our podcast to deeply understand your customers, which was last season, understand their pain points and learn how to talk to them so that they'll listen and then how to listen to them as well. Once you've done that, then you can then move on to Be Helpful, which we're going to be working through each week here at the B2B Playbook. And then after that, next season, which will probably still be this year, we're going to be looking at Be Seen, which is that third part. We're not really reinventing the wheel here, Kevin. We're taking tried and true strategy that seems to have been forgotten amongst all the platforms and new technology that's come out. What we found from our own testing, working with clients, is that it's quality strategy that works. It's really simple. It's about understanding people and helping them. And honestly, Kev, that's why I love marketing. I actually feel like you can do a great job just by being a nice, helpful person. Yeah, for sure. And to our listeners, here's to a happy and healthy and successful 2022. And we're back. We're back. As always, listeners, you can find links to everything we discuss in the show notes. And next week, we will be back again to regular scheduled programming where we'll release episodes every Monday and we'll start diving deeper into Be Helpful. Great. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you, listeners. Take care and see you next week. Take care. A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.